As a thank you in advance for listening to this episode, please feel free to grab yourself a free copy of the Book of Public Speaking at thebookofpublicspeaking.com. Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier, and I'm really excited to be back with the latest edition and episode. Uh, really excited to have a first-time guest with us today. As our listeners and viewers let know, I love bringing on brand new people to the show and introducing them to our audience, so this is no different. Uh, so Joseph Warren, really excited to have you here today. And I think where I'd like to start, which is usually where I like to start, is to get you to tell us maybe a little bit about your backstory and journey so that people have maybe some context and get to know you a little bit. All right. So this is a very dangerous question for people that can speak. You know that, right? You're taking a risk right now as the host. I know that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. Got it. So uh, I was raised in a family of six kids, uh, military father, very disciplined home at age eight and a half. Parents got divorced. Uh, my loving home turned into a war zone of custody battles and uh, I had to choose as an eight and a half year old boy, which parent I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And I remember one of my parents uh, kept whispering uh, in my ear that the other parent never loved me, that it was all a lie, that my whole childhood was a lie. And I remember back then, Corey, I made an unconscious decision never to love again. And that really painted um, a brush over the rest of my life and to my career. I never wanted anybody to betray me like that again. So I wasn't going to let anyone in. So what I did instead was I started to, um, really get clear that I wanted my life to be different than what I was raised in. I was raised mostly in poverty, six kids and all, you know, and, uh, at age 19, I, uh, started my first business and I was hungry. I wanted my life to be different. I wanted three things. I wanted to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. Very simple, boyish dreams, right? And I was going to do whatever it, take, uh, whatever it took for as long as it took to get those things. And age 19, I started the first business. It was a professional fundraising company for national nonprofit charities. And uh, with some partners, we went out and we raised money for very credible uh, nonprofits. Uh, even though they're credible, uh, most nonprofits or charities suck at raising their own money. Uh, so we were very good at it. We were boots on the street uh, type of approach. And I uh, built up a team of 50 people and we went out and we hit people up and asked them for money, donations and receipts and right, all the credentials, everything like that for these great causes so they could do their cause uh, even more and expand it. And our business model was simple. We took a transactional fee um, for our services and uh, we built up this company and within 12 months, we hit $2 million in revenue. And we were like, what the heck did we just build? And well, once you, you have your first early success, the next logical step is to duplicate it. So we did exactly that. And we uh, opened up uh, more locations in multiple cities across the United States, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Diego, and we did $2 million in 12 months in every location. And eventually, uh, at the ripe old age of 24 years old, I burnt out working 110 hours a week. Uh, and I exited from that company. And uh, fast forward a little bit, I semi-retired for five years. And I partied. I partied hard. 
And if you're familiar with uh, Bible stories, the prodigal son uh, story, I literally lived that. I didn't know I was living it, but I did. I went to a foreign land called Scottsdale, Arizona, and I burnt through all my money. And I had the women, the cars, the, you know, just all that you could have. I wasted money on strippers and just, I did it all. And uh, I was, uh, I was a very curious person and I was bored. And you know, that saying the, uh, the idle mind is the devil's workshop, right? You never want someone just sitting for too long doing nothing, right? Especially if they're curious like I was. So I tried different things and I eventually got into like really dark stuff and I became a bodyguard for uh, high-end escorts in Scottsdale, Arizona and I was carrying weapons and throwing down in hotel rooms with people and um, it just got bad and I was almost murdered twice. And uh, at that moment, um, I'm a, a spiritual entrepreneur, so at that moment I could clearly say looking back, I didn't know it then because I had left my faith behind and I was atheist at that point. But uh, God spared my life. I, uh, there was a major altercation. I shouldn't have walked out of that hotel room. I was being strangled to death. And uh, somehow God spared me. And then I lost all my fortune shortly after that um, within a two-week time frame. Uh, all my money, cars, all the girls, uh, my permanent girlfriend dumped me uh, you know, on my birthday. All my friends left me because the money ran out. Um, and I bottomed out and literally was on my knees crying. And I had to start over again. Um, and I ended up moving to Tampa, Florida and started rebuilding from there. Do you want to pause me here? I, I can keep going with this. No, no, keep going. This is, I mean, this is, this is a life lesson and a masterclass for people anyway. So, uh, yeah, feel free to keep on going. Got it. So, uh, I called my sister uh, in tears and uh, my oldest sister and she was in Tampa, Florida. And she said, well, why don't you come out here and start over and rebuild your life? So I did just that. And I moved to Tampa with uh, literally, I sold the, uh, a few little things that I had left after I bottomed out. I had uh, $300 in gas money um, and a little piece of shit car. And uh, I drove across country um, with nothing in my pockets. And, uh, I woke up the next day uh, in at my sister's house in a bunk bed with my nieces and nephews jumping up and down going, Uncle Joseph, Uncle Joseph. And I went from like this pure darkness lifestyle of almost being murdered and all that to this pure innocence and joy and, you know, wholesome home and everything. And I just started to feel love, love again. And um, it, it was a long journey after that. But uh, fast forward, I started businesses here in Tampa, Florida. I've built up two successful co-working spaces, so shared office space for entrepreneurs. Um, I pioneered that and brought that to Tampa Bay. They had never seen co-working before. Uh, now we have a thriving entrepreneurial system built on the backbone of uh, that first uh, co-working space or two that I built. Uh, we now have companies like WeWork coming in and, and jumping on board with that bandwagon, which is great. Um, and I've recently, um, am looking to possibly get acquired. Uh, we have some people courting us, uh, for the business right now. And I've, uh, gone ahead and realized that commercial real estate is no longer, no longer lights me up or is my passion. And, uh, spiritual coaching is what I really enjoy. So I started a business, uh, 
uh, January. So four months ago. Um, and I'm looking to make the first 100K this year with that. And just like my podcast, your first 100K. And I get to coach successful businessmen uh, that are winning in business, but failing in life. And, and what I mean by losing in life is simply when we build our business empires, and you know this, Corey, that we put all our energy, our time, our money into building the empire, and sometimes other areas of our life get neglected along the way. And it's normally the areas that matter, right? Like our relationships, right? With our, our spouse or with our kids or with our God, with our, you know, our, even our own belief systems. And we leave it behind like I did. And that leads to disaster. Uh, so now I, I, you know, some of my clients, they're turning their lives around and it's absolutely fantastic uh, that, that I get to serve them every day. So, so many jump up points I'd like to go from there, uh, Joseph, but I guess the first one, and I, I want to definitely circle around to the first 100K, but do you, well, this is a two part question, but have you found with guests that you bring on and maybe they know, maybe they know the context when they come on. So maybe you don't run into this, but mm -hmm. I was just at an event, uh, Lisa Nichols event this weekend. And I had interviewed her the night before and you know, she's somebody who openly talks about being a seven figure speaker. I mean, that's part of her whole brand. Uh, then I was doing an interview, um, the, sorry, yeah, the interview the next day, because it was somebody in San Diego, and he said, let's do a live interview, and he's with an inner circle group. Now, he didn't say this on his public Facebook page, but he said, can I say, you know, multiple six-figure earner? And I said, absolutely. But at the same time, even a part of me is like, if he did that in the public page, it's like a guilt thing or feeling like it's a dirty thing. So here's my question. Out of all of that, Joseph, uh, do you run into guests that come on that for them, even though they came on the show, that it's like almost like a dirty word to talk about money? Because obviously the whole premise, it's right in your, your show name, um, talking about money. Do you find people still have a hang up with sharing details around money? I definitely think they do. And I think it's on both sides of the spectrum. So if they're about to cross 100K, but they're still struggling, they really don't want to let people know that they're still struggling. Right. And then on the other side, um, I've had guests on that are doing, they did 250 million last year. Right. And so, yes, they also are like, well, you know, they, they're at such a place of humility and gratitude that they really don't want to flaunt yeah. uh, the success that they've had. Uh, so I guess you see it on both sides. However, my first, one of my first questions on my podcast, your first 100K is, uh, you know, approximately how much gross revenue did you do your business do in the last 12 months? Like, and I, and I get an answer. Like they don't get to not answer that question. And they know that coming on the show. So I get very real numbers from people. And my audience loves that context. Yeah, and I, and I guess if they haven't listened to the show to find that out, they're going to find out when the show starts. Uh, and that's a good test if they listen to the show. But um, I guess then uh, what I wanted to ask about, which ties into all this, but in terms of the people that come on the show and, and talk about this, and I, you know whether they're at 250 million now, they probably I'm sure they still remember what the first 100K was like. So are there some common elements or common, let's say, habits or traits or threads or things that you see that most people say this is absolutely necessary to get to your first 100K? 
I would, uh, yes. The answer is yes on that. And it's interesting. And you know this with bringing on guests. You could ask every single guest, 100 guests, the same question, and you'll get 100 different perspectives or angles uh, to that answer. Uh, and you're, what you hope to look for is patterns, uh, patterns within the answers. And uh, first off, I could say this, um, something that's a pattern, very common with all my guests, whether they're doing 100K last year or they did 250 million last year, they all struggle with the same exact thing called imposter syndrome. They all struggle with it and they literally feel like they're getting lucky, you know, um, but their luck's going to run out. They don't actually deserve the blessings if they're being blessed financially, uh, that they're going to be discovered. People are going to find out they're really not successful. And it's absolutely fascinating, right? Because when I have, I have famous guests on, right? We were speaking about one, you know, uh, earlier and they, they wrestle with imposter syndrome and you're like, you have so much evidence of success, worldly success, how do you feel like you're like not good enough yet? And I think it, it ties into it. There's a deeper problem going on on most people, in most people. And that's why I do that spiritual coaching. Because once I dig into, hey, let's get into the spiritual side. Like what's broken on the inside? Because once we get that right, once we get your faith right, we get your business right. And we, even if you're doing 250 million last year, you're going to amplify because you're going to show up differently now. You're going to show up more powerful. Or if you did 100K last year, you know, you're going to do 250K this year or 500K. And some people that are struggling for their first 100K. That's the number one reason why. Most of them are in isolation. So I could say that's a common theme that comes up constantly is isolation. Most people are trying to do it alone. That's why they're struggling with their first 100K. And they're showing, and you alluded to this earlier, they're showing the highlights of their life on social media. You say you're, you're a speaker and you, you know, people mention from the stage, hey, who here wants to make 100K? And your thought, your assumption would be, you know what, there's probably 50% of this audience is probably doing well over 100K. But every one up like, I want to make 100K. And you got to realize, wow, most people are not making even their first $100,000. See, that's real. And, and I think it's because most people, they're trying to do it alone. Um, so here's some three common things, uh, you know, that a lot of my guests say is uh, to make your first 100K or your next 100K is one, identify the problem that you're solving. Um, really get clear about it. Uh, you know, who is that customer? Who's that ideal customer? And some of this is going to sound cliche or overused. And it's because the reason why you hear it all the time is because it's the truth. And most of us don't actually want to do the work of finding out who our client is, who we want to work with, and what they're actually going through. What's the pain they're suffering? What's their number one issue? And creating a solution for them. Most of us as entrepreneurs, we create solutions for us, meaning our own ego. Like, here's what I think you want, mm -hmm. right? And like my ego knows better than you do your own needs. And that's what we tend to do rather than just ask people, hey, what are you struggling with right now? And like, if you just got clear on that, what are you struggling with right now? People will share because most people just want to be heard. And if you write down and find that common pattern of like, okay, 52 people out of 60 said they're struggling with this thing. Hmm. 
maybe I should create a product around that. <laughs> maybe they would pay me for that, right? So that's the first thing, identify the problem. And then number two, create one main offer. Only one main offer. Many people start with like, oh, I got this offer, I got this offer, I got 10 different products, which one do you want? Because we wanna give people options. But create one clear offer that people get that addresses that one problem. So one offer to one problem to one type of customer. That's your winning formula. And then consistent, consistency. Uh, that's the number one thing I would say that uh, all these successful guests uh, have had in their business is they consistently show up and do those tiny actions, even when they feel like being in bed or not doing it or they're not getting the results or is, it, is this working? they still show up and just do the, that, that action every single day. And eventually they're what we call an overnight success. <laughs> I love that. What we call an overnight success. Cause I've, I've lived, witnessed and seen that many times, whether, you know, personally or with other people. And one of the things you said there, Joseph, that really stuck with me, cause it's important for people to realize that, you know, we think there maybe there's, and I think that's what even people think is that once I get to this point, once this happens, then I won't have that imposter syndrome. You know, once I'm, like you said, once I'm 250 million, that person's still feeling that. Well, here's a really famous example. I watched Jay Leno on uh, Jerry Seinfeld's show, getting, uh, what is it, getting coffee with car cars with comedians. Mm -hmm. And I've heard Jay Leno share the story more than that time, but that just happened recently. And so somebody watches that show, they can go back and check this part out. And Jerry asked him about this. He goes, Jay, you know, I heard a rumor that you won't, you live off your stand-up comedy money and you've never touched your Tonight Show money. And, you know, you think of the life Jay Leno's lived and the amount of cars he has and everything else, and he's never touched his Tonight Show money. But Jerry went deeper and said, what is, what's that? What, what's that all about? And he said, well, I'm just always scared I'm going to go back to being broke. You know, and so Jay Leno, if you look up his net worth, I think it's 400 or $500 million. And he's still worried he's going to be poverty-stricken. Like, you, on one hand, you could say, well, maybe it's good because at least, you know, he's not going to lose all his money. But on the flip side is what kind of life is that? And I'm not, I'm not knocking Jay Leno. You, we just talked about it. It's a common thing, but it's almost like you're, you're right. It's almost like he's saying, well, if this can be taken away at any second, but the bigger, deeper question is why does he feel that way? And he said it publicly many times. So it's not something I'm outing that he hasn't shared, but that, I mean, I bring him up because I'm sure most people look at Jay Leno and say, oh, Look at all the stuff he's done, confident he'll never have to worry about anything. And yet there's something going on there that makes him worried he's going to go back to broke again. I agree. Uh, my other podcast, Faith Based, is called Broken Catholic. And that's what we speak about. What's broken on the inside? Because you can have all these external signs of success, but on the inside, you're spiritually broke. Like, think about that. Is that true success? Not at all. In my opinion, it's not. It's not. And that's where most millionaires and billionaires are. So here's a reverse engineer question then, Joseph. Sure. And, and I, I ask this in a different way usually, uh, but the context is still the same. So I ask guests, I mean, and I'll say this, most of my questions, you can probably tell their intuition. I go with who the guest is and figure out, uh, you know, asking them based on who they are and their path. But this question I usually ask, I'm going to change it up a little bit for you. But if you could jump into a time machine and go back and give yourself some life advice, you know, your younger self, maybe that younger self that was blown through the money, maybe, you know, whatever it might be, whatever timeline, based on what you've learned on the show, this is the part I'm changing it up, what you've learned on the show about the first 100K and whether that's, 
you know, uh, spiritually your first 100K or financially. Uh, but what would you go back and tell that younger self? This answer will be spiritual. Uh, and the reason why that has, I've, I've discovered that um, true success is about more than just making money. It, it, like I had the money, I had the cars, I had all the girls, I had everything society tells me, this is what you want, chase it. I did, I got it. I was miserable, I was depressed, I was suicidal. On the outside, everyone thought I was winning. On the inside, I was losing. So what would I tell my 20-something-year-old self? I would say, go spend an hour a day in silence with your creator to discover who the F you are. What is your identity, especially as a man? We need to know this because most of us place our identity in our occupation and our income or what's parked in our garage. And we're missing out. And that's why when those things change or we lose those things, like Jay Leno is scared of that, is because we are missing our, who we are on the inside. Those are the two burning questions in humanity for all of history is who am I? Why am I here? I spent an hour a day for eight months in quiet with my creator, with a journal in my hand, listening, not talking, listening. And getting clear on who I was. Now I'm clear, right? And now I know my purpose, my higher purpose. And that changes everything. So if I could have done that at age 20-something, dude, game over. I win. And so can your listener. Wow. So as we start to bring things to a close, I will add one thing just onto what you just said, Joseph. And there's never enough time. I told you I'd probably end up doing this, but let's call with your permission. Let's call it a to be continued and bring you back on and dive deeper. But um, I just interviewed somebody last week and it's a public interview. It hasn't went public yet, but he said it publicly. So I know I can share it. Uh, but he was a music producer who was working with Madonna, Jay-Z. Uh, he was partnered with Timberland. Uh, he worked with um, uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, he worked with Beyonce and on and on and on, and he was pumping out gold record after gold record, and he was telling me, he lived in Toronto at the time, from Miami originally, he was living in a $5 million mansion, and I always add in Toronto, $5 million mansion is probably like an $8 million mansion in Miami, so, and sleeping on the couch, and miserable, yeah. and so, and he threw in the towel, and basically went in a different direction, and now what he's, he's out speaking and helping other people, but he had to follow his own path for a year first, I, I obviously, you know, him and I didn't have the context of me saying, what's your income level compared to now, and then compared to now, but whatever it is, you can tell by talking to him, he's completely at peace and happier. Now, I think he's financially, I think he was okay either way. Like, I think he'd made enough money that he was okay. But the point is he was living the rock star lifestyle, like legit living it. He's also a musician, but he was living the lifestyle, not just like what we think it is, like living it, working with musicians in the studio, pumping out gold records, living in the mansion and completely unhappy. And so he made a switch. Now he's living a different life altogether and completely happy. And so it just goes back to that point. We get told by society, this is what is going to make you happy. And he actually, like I said, not even just like when we talk about uh, the metaphor for a rock star lifestyle, he lived the lifestyle and still was unhappy. And I think it just goes to the point, which a lot of people still don't believe, Joseph, but multimillionaires, rock stars, Olympians, athletes, uh, actors, 
they can be as rich as they want. There's still a lot of them that are still searching for something inside. This is why I do spiritual coaching. Well, that's exactly it, because this, that's what matters. I want to get to what matters. I don't want the surface band-aid symptoms address the symptoms. Let's get to the core. What's broken on the inside? Let's fix that. We fix that, your whole life starts to work. Love that. And, and I'll, I'll add in too, um, it would be how great would it be? I, I have a TEDx talk. My third one is what would I tell my younger self? Mm-hmm. And that is something that I think if more younger selves could learn that earlier before they like when they're chasing the first 100K or when they're chasing the first million, if they could learn that and start doing that rather than discovering the money, like you said, going through the path of I have it now and blowing through it and all the stuff that comes with that, imagine if they could discover it before they got it and then come into having it with a different mindset. So I'm glad you're doing the work you're doing and you know, I hope we more and more we bridge that gap. Uh, so Joseph Warren, this has been a pleasure. Like I say, never enough time, let's bring you back on. But the last question is how can people, is there a hub where people can check out the show, check out you, learn from you, all that kind of great stuff? Sure. It's a very simple. Actually, I'll offer a, a gift to your, your guest here. If they want, they could go download my free book, uh, Kindle book. It's called Broken Christian. Um, and it's pretty much the war stories of my rags to riches and then the fall, right? And all of that. And I'm sure they'll relate to it. Uh, they can find it at josephwarren.net forward slash possibilities. That's josephwarren.net forward slash possibilities. Perfect. I will go grab that myself. And when they go there, does that sort of bring them into your community as far as listening to the show and all that kind of stuff as well? Yeah, they could click on the link that says podcast and they could check out Broken Catholic or your first 100K if they like. Awesome. Well, Joseph Warren, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll wave the flag and we will connect with you again in the near, very near future to bring you on for a second interview. Thanks, Corey. God bless you, brother. You Peace. Too. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.